Being on the front lines in the fight to educate the next generation is tough. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with important updates, encouragement, and connection. Welcome to the Institute Leaders Lifeline. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Institute Leaders Lifeline. My name is Mike Sinclair, and I'm Deputy Superintendent of School Support at the Charter Institute at Erskine. And as we know, this is the crunch time at the end of the year. A lot of our principals are hot and heavy trying to wrap up. Hiring process gets staffed and trained and ready to welcome a new group of kids next school year. You know, it's hard to believe as you wrap up one, a lot of people think that we get to go home and relax and enjoy our summer, but as leaders often, we're already preparing for next year before this year's over. One of our big struggles right now in the education field is finding qualified and highly trained uh, teachers for our classrooms. We do know that as leaders, our job's important, but our most important resource is that teacher in the classroom. That's where the magic happens. And we cannot argue that. As leaders, we have to provide the climate and the resources for those teachers to do great things. But without those teachers, really our hands are tied. And in this episode, I'm gonna be spending some time talking to Ms. Tracy Williams and Dr. Tammy White. They have a great new alternative certification program here in South Carolina that I know you're gonna to wanna to pay attention to. At the end, we'll direct you to their social media so you can find out more information to get in touch with these two to get involved in Teach Right USA. Welcome to the podcast. Ms. Williams, talk to me about kind of what's the vision? What, how would you describe Teach Right USA for uh, our listeners that have never heard about it? Well, thank you, Mike. But before I answer that question, I'd like to say that we just really appreciate um, your having us on your podcast. I know Dr. White and I are thrilled to be able to um, talk to your listeners about Teach Right USA and share our ideas for the program. So Teach Right USA is an alternative teacher certification program in South Carolina. Um, right now we are working on phase one. We've applied for our alternative certification program to be approved by the SCDE. And so we are just now waiting on that approval. Um, but we would like to see people who already have their bachelor's degree in phase one of our program come to Teach Right USA and be certified as teachers. Um, those people that are interested in a second career, um, retired military officers, um, retired police officers, or anyone that is just simply interested in having a second career as, as a teacher um, can come to our program. It's a 12-month self-paced program where they will actually have a job as teacher of record in a school. Okay. So they will be getting paid while they go through our program. And then at the end of those 12 months, we will present them with a certificate and recommend them to the South Carolina Department of Education to apply for their initial teaching certificate. Okay. So I need a bachelor's degree. For phase one, that is correct. You okay. need a bachelor's degree. Okay. Great, great. That's exciting. Um, I can think of a lot of people that are looking for a change, and you know, in our in the culture we're in right now, we're seeing a lot of renewed interest in revitalizing our core principles, our core values. So, um, I think that would draw a lot of people to this work to say, if we're going to change it, we have to go to a younger generation, and that's the way to do it. Dr. White, you've you've been in education and worn a lot of hats, and you're at Winthrop, or been been working with all of the higher ed pieces of it. What what drew you kind of back into the trenches in this program? What what was interesting for you? You know, a couple of things did. That's it. First of all, thank you for having me here, Mike. Uh, but to, to get to your question, 
I worked for 25 years in Rock Hill School District as an educator, the last 13 of which I was a principal. So I hired teachers. And I started to see towards the end of that thir- that time, the end of those 13 years, it started getting a little bit harder and harder to find really good teachers. And um, I was blessed with working with a lot of great folks, but the quantity of those folks was getting a little bit smaller. In addition to that, uh, so uh, that really started my concern for, you know, this teacher shortage that we're that we're in right now. I started to see it coming for a while, as most educators did. But when I moved to Winthrop in the last three and a half years of my uh, education career, um, it was interesting because at Winthrop, I was the director of the master's program in educational leadership. And so not only did I teach and administrate in that program, but I also had to recruit for that program. So I was recruiting for future administrators in South Carolina for the, the training through our program. And in that, um, the, the quality of the candidates became a little bit more challenging as well. Um, I had been an adjunct instructor in that program for about five years before I joined Winthrop's staff full time. And over that time, I was seeing cohorts that were not only dwindling in size, but sometimes quality as well. And so I started being concerned as well about the fact that this teacher shortage was in fact translating to a leadership shortage as well, which was great for the candidates because they had increased opportunities to for <laughs> right. advancement. Right. But for the schools, I was concerned. Um, and so when I came to the Charter Institute to start with uh, working with principals for support and mentorship, we started having conversations about this and we were posed with the challenge to, you know, create some alternative paths to education that might give folks an opportunity to get into the field a bit faster without sacrificing rigor and quality. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Ms. Williams started kind of talking about the program. Talk, maybe maybe talk to me kind of your experience in higher ed, how that pipeline looked, and you're, y'all are kind of trying to shrink that down to get that access wider. So talk to me about what that process looks like. Yes. Well, Tracy did a great job of talking about phase one, which is the alternative program that we're looking at for folks that are looking at education as a sort of a second career, those that already have a bachelor's degree. Phase two is different in that phase two is for uh, anyone who wants to go into education. This would be, it's, it's still a path to a bachelor's degree. And, and in order to be certified to teach in South Carolina, as it is in most states in the union, you have to have a bachelor's degree. But with the Teach Right program, what we're trying to do is to sort of combine coursework and apprenticeship into a program that might better meet the needs of those that are seeking employment and education. Um, some might call this sort of a two plus two program in some respects, and that you would have uh, 75 hours of rigorous coursework at the beginning, in the first two years of your college course pathway. Um, After you complete that first 75 hours, within that there would be a student teaching experience. And what we would like to see is that the requirements now require that in order to do an internship for um, education, you have to complete 60 consecutive days in a school as a student teacher. Well, that's very difficult for anybody who has a job that can't take time off in order to complete that. So what we would like to see is to have a change in regulation so that that 60 days was reduced to 20 days and that full days, and that we would be able to spread that out over two semesters so that you'd have the perspective of working in both the fall and the spring. So you get to see the development of the culture, 
the beginning of the classroom, the connections with families, the community, and the kids as right. well, um, so that you wouldn't be left out of that part. But then you would actually complete your two full weeks of full-time teaching, full responsibility in the spring. So that's what we're referring to as a mini student teaching experience. So if there's if a student is successful at that, um, and then they also have a letter of recommendation from their college advisor, as well as another letter of recommendation from their internship supervisor, um, then we would we would like to create an opportunity for them to become a an intern excuse me an apprentice. And we would do two phases of that apprenticeship. We'd have an apprentice one, which would be the first year, and then apprentice two, if they're successful in apprentice one, they'd move on to apprentice two, which would be the second year. So that would be the final two years of a four-year degree program. And what's different about our program is at that point, they would begin being paid as the teacher of record. So they wouldn't be a graduate of their university yet, but they would be working towards that bachelor's degree so that at the same time they're completing those internship years, they're the paid teacher of record, but they're also finalizing those last 45 hours that, that they need to get to that 120 hours of a bachelor's degree. So we see this as an opportunity to get students into the classrooms faster, to help address the needs of the schools that are needing teachers. But at the same time, when they're ready, not holding them back from being able to actually practice and get that experience. And one of the cool things about this is um, sometimes our educators struggle with the praxis test at the end of their program. We feel like they would be better situated to be more successful if we take that praxis after the end of apprenticeship too, so that they've had some practical experience to apply to that assessment. Um, so at the same time, again, we're not sacrificing the quality or the rigor of the program, but we are getting in there, getting them in there sooner so we can address some of those needs as they arise and really give them on-the-job training mm -hmm. that helps support them so that they're not incurring huge amounts of debt. They actually have money coming in while they're a student, right. which most of the time, you know, these interns are not getting paid no. for these internships. Right. And that's that creates a problem. That eliminates a lot of people who would like to go into education. Mm -hmm. We see this as removing that barrier for them. So, so what I hear you say is the, the, the first two years, 75 hours, would be fairly traditional in structure. And then there would be a, a mini-type student teaching. Incorporated within that 75 hours. Within kind of that, that second part there. And then that's when the apprenticeship would start, apprentice one, apprentice two, those third and fourth years. Right, as long as they've shown competency and Correct. capability to reach And that. have the letter of support and right. all those pieces. You know, that... That makes me think about, you know, ha having been the leader of a dual credit school uh, for so long, I, I used to always tell parents, sometimes the benefit of taking dual credit classes is not define the path that you're going to follow. It's sometimes define the path that you shouldn't follow. So sometimes I feel like when we delay student teaching to the fourth year, students have invested so much money, so much time, then they get into the classroom, they're like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. So so this would kind of address that. I mean, they would get in a couple of years, most a lot of gen ed, some education mixed in there, but would we would really want them to to really front load the content at okay. the beginning of okay. those those two years so that that is solid by the time they go in the classroom. So then they're able to focus on the pedagogy that comes okay. with creating that career and being skilled as an educator and being good in the classroom and working with students. So, you know, in many um 
colleges and universities, even in our own state. It's interesting because students that go into four-year universities to complete a program such as this, they don't actually enter the colleges of education until their junior year. Right. So right. this is almost a way to flip that content around so that we're able to get them into the classrooms a bit sooner so that they can make those decisions, but also start honing those skills. So it's not it's not just challenging the sequence of being in the classroom. You're challenging the sequence of the coursework that we're trying to front load. Okay, okay. Because I think about, I think about, uh, I tell the story, I never had a computer in my classroom until the last month I taught. They, they delivered it, set it up, and then I was out the door to go do a, do something else. Uh, it, I was an instructional coach. But every year they would teach, they would send me to classes every summer to learn how to build a website. Well, I never had a computer, so I never remember. And the next year I had to retake it yeah. and retake it. So it makes me think we've, Sometimes we have these education classes and pedagogy classes, but we don't put them in a classroom to practice. And by the time we do, they've lost some of that context on what and why and how and all those pieces. So that that's fantastic. Um, what's been the reaction around the state? I mean, this I would imagine this challenges status quo, but it's got excitement because now it opens up opportunities. It does. Uh, the, the reaction has been very positive. Um, I have talked to a lot of personal friends of mine that I've tried to run this idea by to see what their reaction is. And it's all been very positive. Now, of course, they have questions about it. You know, you know, one of the things being, okay, so we're going to get folks into the classrooms quicker. Um, or is that going to sacrifice quality? And, and in my mind, no. I, I think there are a lot of people that the structure of the current model has eliminated them from from enter, entering the profession. For example, in my school uh, where I worked as a, as a principal, and even before that as an assistant principal, we had many um, teacher assistants that were fantastic. And I would love to have been able to hire them to mm -hmm. be a teacher of record and the lead in those classrooms, but they didn't have the, the degree. They didn't okay. have the certification to go with it. This program could actually open up many opportunities for non-traditional right, students right. such as them mm -hmm. um, that do not that no longer would have to take a semester off in order to do that internship or that student teaching experience. This would have an opportunity to bring folks like that into the classroom and actually elevate them into the role of certified teacher. So I'm very excited about that. You know, this program may not be for every student. Mm -hmm. This is this is not for a student that really isn't sure about education. They don't, they don't really know if they want to go down this path. In my mind, this, this is more of a product for a, a serious education major. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you're right, it does give them an opportunity to get in the classroom sooner to make those decisions for themselves. But I see this being most appropriate or most beneficial for someone who's really serious about education. We're really focused on that mm -hmm. piece of it. But going back to your question, though, we've had a lot of positive results also from some of the legislators that we've spoken with okay. and some of the leadership in the education in South Carolina. We've been very pleased with their responses. You know, these folks see a need. And, and it's not just Tracy and I that have seen this need. Everybody who's been in education has been concerned about the teacher, teacher shortage that's come about. So anybody that has seen that is, is looking for creative ways to address this and, issue. And another positive feedback that we have gotten is that the fact that we are associated with the Charter Institute at Erskine mm -hmm. that okay. has a teacher in every county and a student in every zip code. Yeah. And so we are able to address the teacher shortage in rural areas of the state, in every area of the state. Right. Because if we do have students that can attend an online program with a university, they can stay in their hometown. 
We can place them in a school in their hometown. Right. And so it, it's kind of a then becomes a grow your own um, program. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't face that fact of having those cultural differences that people face when they go into some of these rural schools because you're you're growing your teachers within your community. Right. So that is another positive um, thing that we have gotten from people that we have shown the program to. So, so let's build off that a little bit. So is there, do you envision there being a limited number of higher ed partners in this? So will they be one? Can I choose wherever? Have you, have you thought through so how that partnership Currently, works? we do have a higher ed partnership okay. with um, Erskine College, you know, through the Erskine Institute. But we are open to forming partnerships with other okay. universities as well. Um, in fact, any university that would like to partner with us, we would be happy to sit down and talk with them. So this is not just an Erskine thing, but we do have that network of schools that we can provide those apprenticeships um, for the students to attend. Great. So even if I'm if if I'm already in in a program and I want to see it come to my higher ed, if I'm at a, a, a USC or a Clemson or a Winthrop or a wherever, this might be something that they would want to tap in to you two as a resource to see if they can get that conversation going. I think that's the biggest thing is the more we talk about it, whether this is the answer for each higher ed, we've, I guess that was going to be a follow-up I was going to ask you. To me, for the General Assembly, the elected officials, they get problems emailed, called every day, but they rarely have a solution. Right. And y'all are bringing a solution. So I'm sure they appreciate that. Yeah, we really are. And, you know, we can run the apprenticeship program. We can help with placement. And then we have a robust professional development um, piece that goes along with the apprenticeship and then, of course, helping those students prepare for their praxis um, and right. things like that. So, right. you know, we're we're open to talking to anyone and partnering with any university in South Carolina. And just to follow up on that, too, um, simply because we're associated with the Charter Institute at Erskine, that does not mean that, that our teachers that would go through this program would not be eligible to teach at any school in South Carolina. This would be for um, certification for a South Carolina teaching certificate. So it wouldn't be limited to those that are teaching in charter schools. So a lot of times there's, there's a lot of misunderstanding Absolutely. with that. This would be an option for any educator in right. South Carolina or any potential educator in South Carolina. Right, right. Were you right on that? You're good? I'm good. Okay. Okay. Well, I was going to ask, I was going to kind of follow up on that. What What are some common questions y'all have been getting? Some maybe misunderstandings. Is there anything consistently? Well, Tracy, if you don't mind, one thing that I thought of um, with an earlier question, we get a lot of questions about, well, you know, what has to change in order for this to happen? And so there are some regulatory changes that would have to take place. I mentioned the many student teaching experience. Yeah. The current structure um, of regulation in South Carolina would not allow for that to happen. So there would have to be a change in that respect. So we'd have to take that current expectation that you have 60 days in that in student internship, that would have to be reduced to the, the 20 that we recommended or, or some other version of that. And then also right now, you cannot hire a teacher until they have their bachelor's degree. And so until they're, they're certified with a bachelor's degree, they cannot be the teacher of record. And okay. when I say teacher of record, that simply means they are the official teacher right. of record in that classroom, which means that they are actually being paid for their services there. So in order to do this program, we would have to be able to get allowances for them to be an apprentice one 
and an apprentice too, but at the same time be able to be eligible to be paid for that. Now, they, the, a school district might decide that they're not going to pay them the full 100% of that entry salary. A school district could actually set up their own salary scale for that, which could be, say, 90 or 95% of that portion. Okay. So they could adjust it if they weren't sure that they wanted to go all the way in with full first-year teacher pay right. on that, although they could make that decision. We would leave that up to the school district. So this is not something that would cost school districts money. In many ways, this, I think, would help them to to bring in folks that could help fill the void that's there now. And, and going back to an earlier question about the reaction from people, um, most of my colleagues, my friends that are currently teachers or administrators in school districts, when I talk about this, you know, they tell me, many of these vacancies right now are being filled with long-term subs. So if it's a choice of hiring someone who's gotten a significant amount of experience and is interested in the field and is making progress and has shown success so far versus a long-term sub, well, that's an easy decision right right there. So if it helps folks, we're even happier about it. Right. So what kind of support goes with that apprentice teacher? So I'm an apprentice one teacher going in the classroom. Is there expectations of support from the school or the district and from TeachRight? How, how does that how does that work? Yeah, so TeachRight USA will provide a um, coach or supervisor that will lead them through the apprenticeship, lead them through the robust um, professional development process. Kind of kind of a hand holding approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there will be a lot of interaction, a lot of check ins, a lot of opportunity to. Um, talk to these people who are going through the program. And hopefully, you know, in the long run, we'll build a TeachRight community so that um, not only we address the teacher shortage, but we'll also address the teacher retention problem as we go along. Right, right. I always think as a leader, it seems like this would almost be a long two-year interview. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I get a chance to interact and figure out, is it a good match? Because sometimes a great teacher is not a good match. It doesn't have to be an ineffective teacher. It's just the match piece of it. So... So that's great. So when 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 does it start? Like if I'm looking at this and I'm interested, I'm like, I got a bachelor's degree. I'm looking to make a difference in my community. I want to be a teacher. When does this start? Well, like I said before, phase one for those who already have their bachelor's degree and are interested in the second career. Um, we are hoping to start in July, but if not in July, we will start the program in January. Okay. We okay. have submitted an application, as Tracy said, okay. for phase one. Right, you said that. We are waiting to hear back. So that's why the question is, could it be July? We would love to start then, and we're ready, but we've got to wait on approval from the state. And if, there, if the timeline doesn't turn that information around or that application around in time, then it would move to January. Okay. But, okay. you know, as you know, January's right around the corner. So either way. <laughs> well, and I'll be honest we'll with be you. We'll be ready to go. Principals are looking for mid-year hires. Yes, I mean, right. all the time. I mean, I, I, being in the Greenville area, I'd call Clemson all the time and say, you got any January math teachers or whatever. Yes. So mm-hmm. that timing could be just as important to have some mid-year candidates. And, and we do plan to have two cohorts. We plan to have a spring and fall cohort okay. when we get started as Perfect. well. So, you know, we'll start a cohort every semester. Great. Well, I know that y'all are working through things, the approval process. There's always questions back and forth. So I know that that that's a process in and of itself. But how can how can our listeners find out more information? What's social media, website? What's some ways they can get more information from you? So we have a website, teachrightusa.org. Okay. Um, we have our Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram accounts. 
Um, so there are all sorts of resources that we can use. And our um, contact information is there on the website. So if you have any questions, you can give us a call. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I'd love to have you all back as you move through. Maybe in a month or two, we can come and touch base and uh, update our listeners on where we are in that process. But thanks for challenging the status quo. I mean, that's it. If we keep doing what we're going to, what we're doing, the, they're dying out. The pipeline's drying up. It just is. Um, we, we can say all about pay raises and all these things, but there just needs to be a sense of urgency. And the fact that y'all are coming with a solution makes you different. And, and that's, that's what we're looking for is answers, not just problems. So thanks for joining me today. Thank, Thank you for having us. us. You're most welcome. It's been great. Thanks for joining us. I hope that you check out the websites and all of their social media. We'll put those in the show notes uh, so that you can find out more. But as you go through this week, please make sure you take time to take care of yourself and take care of those you lead. Have a great day. Be sure to follow the Institute on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Erskine Charters, we'll have all of these resources, including this podcast, many stories of our schools, and other things. So check us out. The opinions expressed within the content are solely the authors and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of the Charter Institute at Erskine or its affiliates.